Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at ReviewingBrew.com. It is no, it is the night of November 17th as we currently record this, and uh, we're waiting on the decisions for uh, non-tenders. That that deadline is coming up shortly here on the 18th, so we're doing this before uh, we get to the deadline. So uh, you know some of the the decisions here may may age poorly. Some of the takes may age poorly rather quickly. Some may age rather well. We shall see. Um, you know, I know we promised this episode uh, a day earlier, but uh, Matt, we were not on our game. We had a uh, we had we had busy schedules that that forced us back to back to the regular night. Yeah, unfortunately, the two of us do have, in fact, have uh, day jobs. We've got lives. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, stuff happens, but we're still here. We'll still be a little bit uh, for anyone who listens on Friday. This will still be some timely content before the trade deadline, which I assume is at five, like all the other not trade deadline, non tender deadline uh, is at five, like all the other deadlines. Um, That is. Uh, it's actually 7 p.m. Oh, OK. Well, yeah. That's nice them. yeah, a little bit later, a little, little bit later there. Uh, but we might see some decisions coming before 7 p.m. We might see them announced a little bit before, as we did with the uh, 40-man roster protection deadline. But, yep, we're still here. We're, we're still doing it. We are here for as long as Twitter will be here as well. <laughs> it is <laughs> – Twitter is going to be forever. We are forever. Well, yeah. actually, uh, you know, maybe. We'll see. Uh, anyways, beside the point. So lots of stuff happening this week. I mean, we had the uh, – the 40-man roster deadline that was earlier this week. Uh, lots of rumors have started to come out already. The offseason, the hot stove, is really kicking in high gear. We've seen some trades across Major League Baseball. The Brewers haven't really uh, been on that train uh, outside of the Peyton Henry trade that we talked about uh, last week on the podcast. And if you missed last week's episode, feel free to go back and listen to that one as well. Um, but this week has been chock full of rumors and uh, – some moves that we've seen with the 40-man roster. So we got we to gotta start there, Matt. The 40-man roster uh, now is at 39. There is one open spot uh, as we get to the non-tender deadline here. We're, we're probably going to see a few more spots open, open up. How many? We'll see. We'll get into that later on here in the podcast. Uh, but four new names added to the... Uh, roster and they are Bryce Terang, which was as expected as as a Cruz 2018 first round pick. Bryce Terang has been added, as has Abner Uribe, the flame throwing reliever. Cam Robinson, another reliever who made it up to AAA this year, and Big John Singleton. That was the surprise of deadline day, Matt. John Singleton added to the 40 man. Yeah, um, I I did not see that one coming, and I think when we try and think of, you know, who are these Rule 5 guys that might get added, we forget about the veterans who, you know, as long as they're signed, technically are Rule 5 eligible, Um, and so maybe there was, with what he ended up doing in 
the minor leagues last year for Nashville and his attempt to come back and make the majors again, uh, leading the organization in home runs. Maybe the Brewers felt as though he might get uh, snagged by someone else in a Rule 5 draft because it's not a far-fetched thought to think that, you know, a team would take a chance and put him on, you know, an active roster for a team as he has been a part of an active roster in the past with the Astros before he started going through all his troubles. But um, the Brewers end up adding him, which no minor league options remaining, I believe, um, I had seen. So it's not like, you know, you can add him to the roster and then just have him be one of those shuttle guys. Like, he is either going to break camp and be one of your first basemen or not break camp. Or, you know, you know, you see what you have after a while and, um, you know, maybe you move on at that point. But the Brewers want to at least give him a shot. Um, and, and, man, props to him for those who haven't looked into his backstory before last year. Two suspensions by MLB uh, ended up ha- uh, going through some injuries as well. Disappointing you know, career up to that point for um, where he was drafted, ends up working his way back through the Mexican leagues. The Brewers take a chance on him and he makes his way back onto a 40-man roster. So um, it, it's it's cool to see, obviously, those types of stories happen. Um, you know, Lucas Ersig, who is one that I thought maybe had an off chance of being added. Um, we found out a little bit about his backstory Brewers have a guy in Matt Bush now uh, who has, you know, his personal history. Um, I, I think people would remember back to when we had Jeremy Jeffress and, you know, he had his, you know, problems with suspensions and stuff. And the, the Brewers aren't the Brewers are willing to take chances on some of these guys, give them second chances. Um, and that is something that I appreciate about them as an organization that they're they're willing to look past that and and admit that, you know what, you know, this guy, he's got talent, and he deserves a shot. Everyone makes mistakes, and so um, I like seeing him get the chance. I don't know what ends up happening. I don't know how long he lasts on the roster, but um, was was if we were going to get a surprise, that's a pretty cool surprise to have. Yeah, and it's great to see uh, John Singleton, you know, turning over a new leaf there and getting a, a fresh start in a new organization, and I mean, even if it doesn't pan out, I mean, he was able to kind of prove like he can make it back to a 40 man roster. Um, And, you know, he's been, you know, ever since coming back, I mean, he's been, uh, you know, really, you know, he's been doing all the right things, uh, which is great to see. And, you know, he's earned this opportunity. He did play incredibly well in AAA Nashville, uh, earning that spot. Um, But now, you know, the question becomes, you know, at first base. What do you do? Because now you have John Singleton, who, I mean, he's a first base DH only type. You have Rowdy Telez, first base DH only type. And you have Keston Hira, who really is a first base DH only type. Like, oh, he used to play second. He's not playing second base anymore. Yeah. Uh, he could play left field, but with all your outfielders that you have, odds are Keston is not going to be playing left field. So he's a first base DH type. You get you had three guys uh, on that type on the roster, and I don't think there's room for all three on a 26 man roster. So what does this mean for those guys? You know, if John Singleton has earned a shot, and if they want to keep him around, does that mean something else for Keston Hura and or Rowdy Telez? My guess is that this might mean a little bit more for Keston Hira and, and his future in Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, Rowdy Telez, 
35 home runs this past year. Uh, he hit, I mean, he, he his batting average wasn't super high, but he also doesn't strike out much. Uh, the Brewers really seem to like Riley Tellez. Seems to be a great uh, clubhouse presence as well. Um, so, I mean, he's someone that was given a chance to play every single day, and he flourished with that opportunity. And uh, I think the Brewers are, are going to be looking to continue with him in that role. Uh, Keston Hira, however, has been largely a disappointment ever since his rookie campaign in 2019. And his strikeout issues have only gotten worse. And Craig Council and the Brewers never really put him in advantageous situations uh, where he could succeed. We know he struggled against left-handed pitchers. He's done it his whole career. And yet Council continued to insist to to put him in situations facing lefties. He put him in that kind of a platoon. And Hero was never really able to fully get going. He showed power potential. He showed flashes. Uh, but the ability to just put bat on the ball was not there. And the Brewers, I feel like, could be running out of patience there. You know, that this might be the time for them to cut bait and move on from Hura this offseason. Now, John Singleton is also a left-handed hitter, which does make it hard for him to be a platoon option with Telez. But also, Telez played practically every single day. So I don't know how much you need a platoon option for Rowdy. Right. If anything, he might be more a platoon at DH if they were to have possibly a right-hander start kind of uh, filtering in there with him. Because uh, you're right, it, um, they're, they're both left-handers. And I know at one point Rowdy had almost like a reverse split type thing going. That is not the case anymore. He finished last year uh, faring much better against right-handers than left-handers as a left-hander should. Um the, there was mention from, I believe it was Matt Arnold, um, it was flowing out there amongst some of the writers that um, uh, you do have the versatility now of having the designated hitter. So that does allow you to have Singleton on the roster and possibly do some things. Um, you're going to go up against right-handed batters most of the time, so you're going to want as many left-handers as you can in those situations. So there are you know scenarios where you could put Telez and Singleton in the lineup at DH, um, especially if you're going to have Christian Yelich still playing left field as opposed to designating a uh, hitter himself. I, I feel like it would make some sense, depending on what they do with Renfro, maybe to move Yelich to DH. Uh, but now we have Singleton in the mid, you know, there, but there's a lot of different ways you can go with all of this. Um, I, I tend to agree, though, about here. I think maybe this does have the Brewers explore a trade a little bit more with him at this point um he did restore some of his value despite his uh, astronomical strikeout rates um he had his ops plus at 115 that was the first time over 100 since his rookie year uh and 100 being league average ops itself was at 765 um you know he especially kind of in that second half of the season he he started to pick things up and he looked a little bit better. So if there's a team out there that thinks that maybe they can work with him to cut down on those strikeout issues, you know, he's still young. He's, he's got, he's got some control. Like he's, he's a guy that a team uh, would want to take a chance on. And now that you have Singleton on that 40 man, it would make even a little bit more sense to explore that trade for Hira. So um, I agree. I think the Singleton move, uh, determines more about Hira's future than it does Telez's. 
Yeah, and I know there's been, you know, some speculation about, oh, you know, Telez and Telez is going to be, he's projected to earn about uh, $5.3 million in arbitration this year. You know, big bump for him because he had 35 homers. But I, I, $5 million is not an astronomical amount for a first baseman that hits 35 homers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Telez is productive uh, at, at the plate and, you know, they, they do love him around there. So, yeah, I think it. if it says anything about that first base group, it, it says a lot more about Hira uh, and his future. I think they're just done with them. I mean, they have tried everything, uh, I feel like. I mean, it, it's been three years with these struggles, and um, he just hasn't been able to put it together, hasn't earned the playing time. And, um, you know, at least Yelich with, with his struggles, you know, it hasn't been as bad for him, as it has been for Keston Hira. When, when we've seen him struggle, it is much, much worse than Yelich at his worst, um, which also just says a lot about the talent that Christian Yelich has. So, you know, what do you get for Hira? I mean, that's that, that's a whole different question entirely. And, you know, I'm not sure how, you know, what you get or, or how much you get for him at all. Could you get maybe um, a big league player back? Uh, you know, a decent big league contributor, or would it just be a low A ball pitcher? You know, what would you get? I have no idea. I have no idea what the, what the return would be. I mean, it, it could vary depending on what a, a different front office uh, values here at, um, whether the, whether or not they believe that they can they can get him. His value is certainly much lower than what it was in in 2019 when he first came up. That is for sure. But it's it's not looking good for for Kesson here in Milwaukee, and I, I think Singleton might have only just been a a, a hint, j- j- just a signal uh, about what their plans might be uh, with Keston. I mean, you know, it's it's not that Singleton is pushing Keston out, right? Um, you know, I, I don't think the Brewers are, are looking at it that way, but it also could be protecting themselves and, and making sure that they have Singleton there. Um, in case a trade with Hira involving Hira does end up happening, agree. Yeah, it's not. It it wasn't. I, I also believe that it wasn't a move because that's the plan. It just it, it just allows that to be explored a little bit more. Because um, again, you know, if, if they don't trade Hira, you got three years left to control. Um, you know, and considering his performance, it's not like you're going to have to pay him a whole lot to stay on the roster. Um, but you, you have some options. Uh, Arnold can start kind of poking around and, you know, start seeing if anyone's interested, start seeing if there is any sort of return for him. Um, maybe you package him. We've mentioned this in the past. If you package him, uh, with a prospect, you get something a little bit better back in return. So, you know, I don't know. These are, these are all the questions that uh, Matt Arnold gets to kind of ask now in his first offseason at the helm. Yep, it's it's going to be his decision now, and uh, we'll see where he takes it. He certainly seems a little bit more willing to talk uh, with the media about uh, his thinking yeah. and, and what's going on than his predecessor, uh, David Stearns. And uh, working in the media, I can say that that is much appreciated, but it's you know, it's also it's also like weird. It's like, wait a minute, like you're actually telling us these things? What? You're you're telling us your thoughts on on why you add a certain guy instead of just, oh well, we think he's a good player. 
like like that was pretty much all you ever got out of David Stearns. Just yeah. just generic. Just oh yeah, you know we, we like him. Uh, we, we we think he's good, so we added him to the roster, and uh, hopefully he'll help us win. That that was all you got out of him. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's been enjoyable so far. That's for sure. Yeah. We're just gonna take it one ball game at a time. Just gonna come up here and do my best, and good Lord willing, good Lord willing, we'll win some ball games. Got to learn your cliches. This is the cliche this, podcast. Yes, as as Crash Davis told us all, we got to learn our cliches. Um, yeah. So John Singleton added uh, forty man at thirty nine. Um, you know the the Brewers made this announcement and and they, they made two separate announcements. They made the first group, which was Bryce Terang and Abner Uribe, and both of which were pretty much expected. And you know typically they do the whole thing in one announcement. They they don't make several. Uh, they just announce all their guys at once. And so they just announced the first two. So we're all like, huh, no Cam Robinson. That's that's interesting. You know, kind of playing with fire a little bit there. And then like, what, an hour, two hours later, yeah. they announced Robinson and, and Singleton. It's like, oh, OK, there it is. OK, th- this makes sense. Now I'm not mad at you as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And shout out to good old friend of the podcast, uh, Sam Dykstra, who mm-hmm. had thrown out there a couple times on Twitter just because they announced a move. Um, if as long as there's time between then and the deadline, doesn't mean other moves aren't happening. And he was right, because sure enough, yep. came that second announcement from the Brewers. Yep. So that kind of put us all at ease there, because I was I was extremely worried that Cam Robinson would be selected in the Rule Five draft. And if they left him unprotected, yep. he probably would have. Um, but he is protected, and my way too early 25 man or 26 man roster prediction uh, still has a chance. Uh, because Cam Robinson is there. <laughs> but also Colton Wong is, so that's... Ah, uh, yes. Well, he could still be traded. No, you never know. We just, saw, we just saw this that's rumor come point. through yeah. uh, this week. Segway. Apparently, segue to the Seattle Mariners apparently inquiring about the availability of Colton Wong. And I, I got to tell you, Matt, when I first saw this rumor from, from John Morosi of MLB.com and MLB Network, when I first saw this, I thought this makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense on paper when you look at this. The Mariners have a need at second base. Their current second baseman is Dylan Moore, who hit 224 this past year. Uh, they, they really have an opening for, for an upgrade there. They don't have that position settled. And Colton Wong would settle down that position tremendously for them. He really would. And, I mean, one year, $10 million, it's not going to – you know, it, it's not going to cost too much. It's a reasonable salary for Colton Wong. And the Mariners just made the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. Uh, they are looking to add. They've already added Teoscar Hernandez uh, earlier in the week, all-star outfielder. Um, and they just made another trade as well, acquiring uh, Cooper Hummel, former Brewers farmhand uh, from the Diamondbacks, in exchange for 2020 Rookie of the Year Kyle Lewis. Uh, so they send one outfielder out. They get one outfielder in. And then they also bring in... Uh, an outfielder slash catcher. So the Mariners are looking to make moves, and Jerry Depoto is their GM, so we are not surprised at all. Hmm. And they like Colton Wong. And, Matt, they, they have something that the Brewers want. The Mariners, as as has been pretty much widely reported this offseason, have extra starting pitching depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are looking to trade from that depth because they, they have so many guys. They're looking to trade... The, the two big candidates are Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez. 
And Flexen is probably the more palatable trade candidate. And he has one year left for $8 million salary. Colton Wong has one year left, $10 million salary. Matt, I could see a trade coming down, Colton Wong for for Chris Flexen, and maybe another prospect coming the Brewers' way, a low a low level prospect maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially actually, if it ended up being Gonzalez, then I definitely think you get a prospect in there because he's been one of those. I I kind of kept my eye on him because I had him on my fantasy team for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> and he's been kind of one of those like solid but not super outstanding pitchers for the last couple of years. One of those that you can rely on to get you through a game, um, but it probably isn't going to, you know, throw a no-hitter or anything like that. He had a 4.13 ERA last year, but he started 32 games. Um, so, uh, but Chris Flexen is the guy, like, if, if you want a guy, that's the guy you want. Um, that guy's got some talent. Uh, he finished with the 3.73 uh last year um strikes out more guys than Gonzalez neither of them are like heavy heavy strikeout guys um but Flexen is just uh he's also three years younger so that, so that helps mm. yes. uh, but also that's why his price might be a little bit higher 27 years old versus 30 years old um but you're right and about the Wong being good fit for them and it's interesting when you think about the fact that like last year they got competitive. They were there in that playoff race. Um, but they had a few of their younger guys who kind of started helping them build up that team who've been disappointing. Kyle Lewis was one of them. His last two years were not great, and now he's gone. Dylan Moore, another one. He kind of – he wasn't as highly regarded as Lewis, I don't think, if I remember correctly. Nope. Um, so he was a little bit more of a surprise, but then he, his production kind of dipped. Um, and then you've got a guy like Jared Kalenic, who they're not going to give up on him because um, he's super, super young. But he also hasn't quite stepped in there. So, like, they're at this point almost, it seems, where, okay, they're right on the cusp of possibly doing some good things. Now it's time to kind of start plugging in those disappointing spots and really start building up that team with maybe some veterans. So now you bring in Teoscar to essentially, I know they happen at different times, but uh, to take place of... Uh, Lewis, maybe they do want to bring in another veteran to take place of more. So that's why Wong does make a heck of a lot of sense. And right after the Brewers re-signed Wong, I saw it on a, in a bunch of different spots that, like, don't be surprised if the Brewers still explore a trade for him. Um, if they don't trade him, that's great. He ended up, on a, on the whole, doing very well for the Brewers last year. Um, but we considered him a chance to not have his option picked up because of that price tag. So, you know, they could still move him to move some money. In this case, maybe it ends up being a partial wash, but not completely since both of them it sounds like you're going to make less than Wong. So there's a lot of moving parts to this deal that a uh, potential rumor, I should say uh, that make a little bit too much sense. Yeah. I mean, G- Gonzalez has two years left, but uh, you know, he's making, I think, like six and a half or something like that. This six six million and some change this year, but then twelve million and some change ah, okay. in 2024. Um, and I think that might be a price the Brewers probably wouldn't be willing to pay for him, uh, which I think makes Flexen the more likely target uh, if Milwaukee were to pursue this trade. 
um, which, again, I think would make a lot of sense for them. They have been on the search for starting pitching depth. David Stern said that before he left. Uh, they, they are looking for more pitching depth, um, you know, specifically to help fill out that, that starting rotation because they had so many injuries. Uh, they want to be more prepared in that situation so that they don't have to rely on guys like Jason Alexander yeah. uh, to fill 70-plus innings over the course of the season. Um, I feel like they'd be much better trusting those 70-plus or however many innings to Chris Flexen, uh, who has a bit more experience and has had a bit more success uh, at the big league level. So, you know, I could I could definitely see this, th- this happening. I mean, it, it makes too much sense for both sides, uh, a Wong for Flexen type of deal. Um, you know, all as you mentioned with the uh, – with, with, Wong's option, uh, why you know it potentially could not have been picked up. All those reasons still exist for mm-hmm. why the Brewers should or could trade him. Um, you know, you, you look at the payroll uh, and the crunch that, that that it brings with him being paid ten million dollars, and you know how much they're going to have to pay the rest of their arbitration class, and, and um, just where they're going to be comfortable pushing their payroll. Uh, that may be a, a lot to pay for for a second baseman. And you can roll your eyes about the Brewers' payroll all you want, but that's just kind of the the reality that, that we're facing here. Um, I'm, I'm just calling it as it is. I'm not saying it should be like that, but it is. Um, so you, you look at the payroll and what he's going to carry. You look at Bryce Terang, as we just mentioned, added to the 40-man roster. He's got nothing left to prove in AAA. Mm-hmm. He, he's got nothing to prove in AAA. So it's going to be time for him to, to get the call up and see what he can do. It, it's time to, to see what Terang can do at the big league level and give him those opportunities. And second base is, is going to be the best spot for him. Third base, he's not that great of a fit. Um, shortstop is obviously already spoken for with Willie Adamas. You know, they're like, oh, he could play some center field. He's not going to be playing center field with Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelich, and Asteria Ruiz all there that, that are – capable of playing center field. He's just yeah. not. Uh, if Bryce Trang's playing center field at the big league level, something will have gone seriously wrong. Um, so those reasons are still there. But also by, by doing this, by picking up the option and then trading Wong, the Brewers wouldn't be liable for the $2 million buyout. If, if they declined the option, they would have had to pay him $2 million plus then watch him go elsewhere for nothing. This way, they can pick up the option. They don't have to pay him the buyout, and they can trade him to someone else. So completely clean, money-wise, and they get something back in return for him. Because Wong is a very valuable player. It's not an enormous contract. It's a reasonable contract. So you can get something productive for him, and you don't have to pay him any of the money. I mean, it, it's, it seems like a win-win for the Brewers if, if they're going to, to go this route. Um, it, it just makes the most sense to me. Yeah, but it's one of those situations where they don't have to do it. Uh, if he stays, he stays and provides great offense. And uh, like we kind of alluded to with the shift going away, um, it would be nice having that veteran second baseman there to uh, play a more natural second base. Uh, that'll probably be a result of the shift going away, but um, it can make a lot of sense too. Um, I still would be fine if they did it. I think Bryce Terang is uh, smart enough defensively and more than capable to handle 
playing there if they chose to do that with him, even though it's not his natural position like shortstop is. Um, but again, it's options. The Brewers have multiple directions that they can go when it comes to this. It would be nice having some more starting pitching depth, though, or relief depth. Um, I, I I see that uh, Flexen... Uh, you can do both. Actually turned into a reliever at the end of the year. I, I haven't read into really um, what the reasoning for was that. I don't know if it was team need. I don't know if it was. It doesn't. I mean, he was at a 392 ERA at the time. So it's not like he was struggling. His, it, his it was team need. Okay. Uh, I believe they have a bunch of pitching prospects over there in Seattle that they were calling up. They were ready. Um, you know, they, they had Matt Brash. They had Emerson Hancock. They had George Kirby. Um, you know, they got all these guys. They got a very strong group of pitching prospects. Um, so, I mean, they're like, like they're going with those guys, which is why a guy like Flexen and a guy like Marco Gonzalez are probably going to be getting pushed out um, and pushed to that sixth, seventh guy on the on the depth chart and into a into a bullpen swingman reliever role. And they know that those guys are best used and, and could be used as a starter elsewhere. And I, I think Milwaukee could be one of those places. And I honestly, I think Flex would be great as that swing man in Milwaukee and, and fill that role that was vacated by um, Aaron Ashby when mm-hmm. Ashby got moved to the rotation full time. I mean, Ashby filled that starting in 2022. He was back and forth. He was in the bullpen. But, you know, when called upon, he would be in the rotation. And now Ashby has pushed himself into that full rotation spot. So... That pushes maybe Adrian Hauser back to that swingman role, and Hauser is rumored to potentially be a trade candidate as well. Um, and he didn't have a great season uh, in 2022, so you know perhaps Flexen would be more of an upgrade over Hauser, um, and maybe help push Hauser out the door in a, in a different trade elsewhere. Um, you know that's something that I that I could see happening, but but Flexen could be that number six guy in, in that swingman role where you could trust him in a rotation spot if, if you needed it, uh, if you wanted to go to a six man rotation or if somebody got hurt. Uh, but he could also be very valuable out of the bullpen as well as a long reliever. Yeah, and Flexen again, um, 27 years old, still pre-arbitration eligible, so he's making the minimum this year. Um, uh, so. That trade, potential trade that sends Wong brings back very little in uh, salary right there. So huge, huge for the payroll if it were to happen, um, would give you options elsewhere on the roster to be able to improve or do some things. Yeah, that's a it's a rumor that makes a lot of sense. Maybe part of the reason it makes sense is the connection between the Brewers and the Mariners on trades in the past. Um, that we've seen with players like Omar Narvaez most recently. Um, it, it, it seems like the Brewers have their teams that they're most comfortable in trading with, for sure. Um, the Rays and the Mariners, obviously, are the first two that kind of come to mind. Um, so anytime one of those teams comes up with a need that matches us, it's it's real easy to kind of be like, oh, okay, I, I could see something working its way out here. Yeah, the, the Brewers do have quite the history with the Seattle Mariners and, and making trades over the years and Uh, Obviously, Matt Arnold came from the Rays organization, so great relationships over there. Um, So we shall see. Uh, That is going to be an interesting storyline to watch uh, as the offseason unfolds. 
you know, what happens with Colton Wong? He's likely being shopped around. And um, we've also seen uh, the rumors about uh, Hunter Renfro also being a trade candidate. You know, there, there were some initial thoughts about a non-tender candidate. I don't see that happening. He was too productive non-tender. And, you know, if they weren't, if they picked up the option on Colton Wong, um, just with the idea of trading him, uh, I don't envision them letting Hunter Renfro loose for nothing um, rather than trading him for something. Yeah. I mean, we saw what Teoscar Hernandez brought. It brought pretty much an elite reliever and a pitching prospect. Um, and that was one year of Teoscar Hernandez. So one year of Hunter Renfro, probably something similar. Um, is what I would guess, you know, one, you know, good big league piece. Um, you know, maybe it's a reliever, maybe it's, um, a a solid, decent starting position player, um, and a prospect. I mean, that, that's pretty much what you're, what you're looking at for, for a ceiling for Hunter Renfro trade. Yeah. I mean, with two years left of control, it was a, uh, disappointing major league player and two prospects. So, um, yeah, I could see I it, it makes a lot of sense to be uh, very similar to Teoscar in terms of deal. Um, and I also don't buy that that would be a non-tender candidate. I get the thought behind it being that's a lot of money, so why not cut But he's base? good. But, yeah, exactly. And for exactly the reasons you pointed out, um, you can trade him. Someone will take him. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you, you think there aren't teams around there that are going to want uh, Hunter Renfro and trade if they know he's available? And you could get back a better return than Jackie Bradley Jr. You sure could. You sure yeah. could. Although Alex Benellis and David Hamilton were also included in that trade. Yeah, which David Hamilton. Very sad, but. David Hamilton added to the Red Sox 40-man roster. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Speed Demon. Uh, but yeah. the Brewers have that themselves again now with Asteri Ruiz bringing him back. So they traded away their speed demon to get Renfro, and then they brought in Asteri Ruiz when they traded away Josh Hader. Yeah. Um, oh, man. <coughs> the price we paid there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. anyways. Yeah. So speaking of non-tender candidates, the Brewers have 18 arbitration eligible players. Matt, you recently compiled a list of five non-tender candidates for reviewing the brew.com. Be sure to check that out, by the way, be sure to check out the article, but we're going to talk about some of these guys here. Um, Matt, there's a lot of core guys in this list of 18 arbitration eligible players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Willie Adamas, uh, as we just mentioned, Renfro. Um, those guys are not going anywhere. They are not getting non-tendered. We don't have to worry about that. We already know that. But who could be non-tendered, Matt? There's got to be at least a couple of guys in here that aren't worth tendering a contract. (laughs) Yeah, and we've uh, touched base on the first one, I think, a little bit um, in Victor Caratini. Um, If you so he's set to or projected, I should say, to make about three million dollars next season and that is a good amount of money to pay for someone who just finished the season batting 199 <laughs> uh with an on-base percentage of 300 
Uh, he did hit nine home runs, so that's nice. And uh, he had a couple walk-off moments, and that's great. Um, he does bring some decent defense. But uh, over the last three seasons, so uh, 2019, he was excellent. Hit 266, had an OPS of almost 800. Uh, the one season where he had an OPS plus over 100. Good. He's basically gotten worse offensively every single season since then. His batting average has dropped from 266 to 241, then 227, then 199. His on-base percentage has dropped to from 348 to 333 to 309 to 300. Um, his slugging percentage was back up a tiny bit last year, but 342 isn't exactly anything to brag about. Um, offensively, he just doesn't bring a ton um, and, and though it's nice that he does bring something defensively, three million is a lot to pay for that. And I get that you're really thin at catcher if you do that. You are then left, with, since Narvaez is a free agent, you're then left with just Feliciano, my boy, but he's he's raw. Um, Peyton Henry, who they just acquired, and Alex Jackson, who we'll talk about later. Um, that's not a very confidence-building uh, group there at catcher. So if you do non-tender him, though it makes sense, you got to have a plan. Like you got to bring someone in after that. Um, did well, we've both kind of talked a little bit about how we like Christian Vasquez as an option? Uh, he'll be pricey if that's the case, but um, it can make sense. And he's looking for a multi-year deal, and you could potentially um, strengthen that catcher position until uh jefferson cuero's ready carol carol i should say um but yeah it just on on just face value alone caratini for three million dollars you could do better than that even if you didn't sign someone like vasquez if you traded for someone if you traded for a catcher from the mariners in this hypothetical trade i don't know if they have as many options the as blue jays are looking to trade some catchers. exactly a team like the blue jays um Sean there Murphy might be available. Yep. There's options out there um, that you could try and figure out uh, to have a better – put yourself in a better situation than Caratini would put you in as your starters. Even though I had been predicting him uh, to be their starter next year, I could see them going in a different direction. Yeah, I absolutely could as well. In fact, I, I'm almost kind of hoping they do at this point. I want to see a little bit more uh, change there, catcher. Uh, you know, see, see some improvement because, I mean, if they tender Caratini, odds are he's sticking around, uh, you know, in, into next season. You know, he I don't think they're going to pick him up and then try to trade him. Um, he, he's not going to carry as much value. Um, so and, and then you're rolling with Caratini and Feliciano. And, you know, it's li- it likely would be Caratini as a starter there. And, you know, I, I just. I don't feel too confident in, in that. I, you know, I want to see some bigger improvement uh, from that group. I mean, the Brewers have been trying to find that productive hitting catcher ever since they traded away Jonathan Lucroy. And, mm-hmm. you know, M- Manny Pena was solid for a while, but, I mean, he never put up, you know, really great numbers overall. Uh, but he was beloved by everybody and came up with some some big hits and some big moments. Um, but, I mean, then you went to Narvaez, and Narvaez was really a disappointment largely. Uh, two out of his three seasons posted well below average uh, OPS plus, um, you know, just never really got it going offensively in Milwaukee. So I, I'd like to see some change there, whether it's Christian Vasquez or it's, you know, trading for 
Sean Murphy or Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk or Alejandro Kirk looks like a brewer. Yeah, he I does. Mean, just just <laughs> look at that guy. He is an absolute unit. Put him and Rowdy Telez in the same lineup, and they're both both used to be with Toronto. Well, one still is, but Telez used to be with Toronto too. Telez, Alejandro Kirk, that is some beef right there in the middle of the lineup. Literally, it is the like I would absolutely love to see it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to see, I want to see them move on from Caratini, you know, like, I mean, he, they got him at the last moment. Um, I, I think he did some solid fill in work, uh, but he really struggled down the stretch. I mean, his second half was brutal, mm-hmm. uh, just tanked his stats and yeah, I, I'd like to see them, uh, move on there and, and make some change at catcher. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which. Um, brings to the next kind of couple people who are in that article. Um, the first one actually is uh, John Del Gustave, who is only set to make 900000 next year. So he's really not projected to make much more than the league minimum. But the bullpen was bad last year. They had the 19th best bullpen in the league in terms of war uh, per fan graphs. They've lost a couple pieces from it already. Um, they could potentially lose some more here at the non-tender deadline. Gustave has been okay, I will I'll admit. Um, actually, he has a 3.69 ERA in two seasons. That's not bad, obviously. But they also don't give him a lot of high-intensity work. Like, he doesn't get high-leverage situations. They don't seem to – he doesn't seem to be one of their more trustworthy uh, bullpen guys. And so – like, I feel like they could do better than that. Like, I don't feel like he is, uh, you know, one of the most vital people in that bullpen. So I could see them moving on and non-tendering him and just trying to bring in someone, you know, with, you know, may, who's maybe younger, maybe one of these guys. on Abner the Uribe? Band. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe one, you start giving those guys chances. I don't know. Um, so I could see him being non-tendered just for that. Uh, the third guy I had was Alex Jackson, who is not arbitration eligible yet. Um, but you can non- non-tender uh, pre-arb guys. And Alex Jackson, you know, they brought him in during that whole Pedro Severino deal that started happening. They brought in Caratini and Alex Jackson in separate trades. Um, Jackson was a former sixth overall pick. Hoped that maybe you could bring him in and unlock some things. And that didn't happen. He was injured for most of the year down in AAA. Um, he only hit 226 when he did play. Um I don't know. I I just don't think anything's there. Um, if you can't, you're probably not going to uh, um, non-tender him and Caratini. So it's probably one or the other. If Caratini does stay then and maybe acts as the backup to someone that you still end up signing, there's no point in keeping Alex Jackson as a fifth catcher on the 40-man roster. Like I, he's only 26, but I just don't. I don't think. I don't think the kids got it. So. You know, I, I think he is, especially if they keep Caratini, I think he's an easy non-tender candidate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's – you get down to it there with catchers. I mean, the Brewers do like stacking catchers sometimes. Um, but, yeah, Jackson never really was able to, to get himself much of a, a chance. And really, I mean, they acquired Jackson uh, as insurance, you know, in case any of the big league guys got hurt before Feliciano was ready. Right. And, you know, they ended up like doing that a couple of times, you know, when Narvaez or, Car- or Caratini 
got hurt, they would call upon Jackson first, and Feliciano was only called upon out of absolute necessity when both of those guys were hurt. Yeah. So we didn't see too much of Feliciano uh, until the end there. So for for now, like now that Feliciano, like he's gotten those reps at AAA, he's pretty much ready. You don't really need Jackson as that buffer. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it would make sense as a as a non-tender candidate uh, for him as well. So and Gustave, I mean. He's at the low end of the totem pole. He had the the elbow injury to, yeah. that kind of ended his season. So I think with that as well, it's like, eh, move on to someone healthy. Yeah. And then two more candidates who are actually also relievers. Um, so, yeah, theme with this article, catchers and uh, right-handed relievers specifically. Um, number four, which maybe should have been number one, uh, Trevor Kelly, uh, 30 years old, um, was bad last year he's still amazingly pre-arbitration eligible um so he'd be making the minimum but um he had nearly over six uh he gave up two and a half home runs per innings as a, a, a reliever um he wasn't good he easy non-tender again if you if you're serious about uh improving that unit trevor kelly should maybe actually be the first one to go um and then number five i had i had trevor got as my fifth I actually don't think the non-tender. Um, he was kind of just in the order of potential people who would be. He was kind of just the last guy I came up with. His ERA wasn't great. He was over four. Um, but that was kind of what happened late in the season. He was actually pretty darn good in the first half, and he was getting some high leverage uh, work from the Brewers, so they trusted him early in big spots. Um, he is set to make one and a half million, roughly 1.4 actually, or he's projected for. So yeah, maybe that's a little expensive for a guy who was a little over four ERA. Um, but he had a whip close to one, which is really good for a reliever. So I, I don't actually think he's going of the five. He clearly has the much, much lowest chance of being non-tendered. Um, but compared to like you were saying, you know, some of those other core guys on the list, um, he, he kind of just made a little bit more sense than some of them. I really, I, if I had to predict right now, I, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I think that just speaks to the depth um, of of the group that the Brewers have in arbitration right now. That they have so many guys that you know, even of eighteen, you can't find you know five obvious uh, non-tender candidates. I mean, just, just looking at this group, I mean, yeah, Hunter Renfro, Woodruff. Matt Bush, they traded for, I, he's he's projected $2 million. Yeah, he struggled on the stretch, but they love that arm. Very lively um, arm that just throws gas. I, I don't see Bush getting non-tendered. Willie Damas, core guy. Burns, core guy. Eric Lauer, core guy. Adrian Hauser, he struggled, but you're not going to non-tender him. Uh, you know, if anything, a trade candidate. Rowdy Telez played, you know, core guy. Um, 35 home runs. Luis Arias, core guy, you're not going to non-tender him. Hobie Milner had an excellent season, mm-hmm. not going to non-tender that guy. Uh, Devin Williams, not going <laughs> to non-tender him. You certainly can't now. Uh, Mike Brasso, I don't see them not uh, 1.2 million dollars for a utility infielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not going to. I don't. I don't see them non-tendering Brasso, especially with three years no. of control left. Um. Keston Hira, three years of control. 
you know, I don't think you're going to non-tender him. I, I think, if anything, you'd try to trade him. Because, um, I mean, even if you don't, $2 million, not too much for Keston Hira and, and, and hoping that he can figure it out maybe eventually in 2023. So, yeah, there, there's not too many candidates uh, among that group that, that makes sense as a non-tender. So it, it just speaks to the depth that they have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I, I know uh, Brent Suter was a mention and, it, you know, it's it, it's easy to think that there's a chance there. I, I He almost might be the number six on that list purely out of the price that he's kind of earned for himself over the years. Um, but despite what some people kind of were thinking about him uh, for a lot of the season, he was actually pretty decent. He still finished with an area in the threes. Um, like he, he's good and he's a lefty reliever, which you like to have a couple of those around, uh, him and Milner being in the mix there. Um, I, I don't see them. It's, it's not impossible. It's not a 0% chance you would be non-tendered. Um, but between that and the fact that, uh, that if they truly have learned from messing with the team's chemistry, you don't non-tender a guy like Brent Suter, even if it does make a little bit of sense. So um, there really should not be any reason to worry that he would go anywhere. I, I think Suter's value as, as a glue guy in that clubhouse, I mean, he, he's definitely a chemistry guy, a, a leader in that clubhouse. His value in that role alone, just for getting on the mound, his value that alone is worth that $3 million salary. Yeah. Just what he brings to the clubhouse each and every single day, it, it's worth paying him that. Even if his, you know, strict on-field performance would be like, eh, you know, maybe worth two million or two and a half. You know, maybe maybe not three uh, something. His value to the clubhouse is is worth every penny of that salary. So that that's someone that I see them keeping around. And then I mean, he's got one more year until free agency. You know, do they let him walk in free agency? Do they keep him around? Eh, you know, we'll see. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just kind of see what happens in 2023. But, yeah, I don't see Suter going anywhere either. Yeah. If Brew Social Media can get back to creating some of the, like, fun sketch videos and stuff uh, starring Brent Suter, then he's even more worth that $3 yes. million that he'll be making. Because, man, that was that's been so great for the fans back when we had those, we got to get back to that. I know there's, I know there's been a little bit of turnover in the old, the old social media department there. Um, they're maybe still figuring things out, but uh, it, to, to our loyal brewers front office listeners, let's get our sketches back. Yeah. We, the, the, the fans need it. Find a movie or something. And then let, let's make a, let's make a sketch from it. We still yeah. have Brent Suter. We Major still, we still got our, Major our main character. They filmed it here. I yeah. Mean, it's perfect. Yeah, that, that's that's what we need. Um, speaking of, um, well, not necessarily speaking of, but one more thing I wanted to uh, get to here before we uh, end this podcast. Omar Narvaez. I mean, we talked about him uh, briefly earlier and rumors about Omar Narvaez that, that have come out and that the rumors are the Chicago Cubs. Boo. Who said that? Boo. Everyone. Chicago Cubs Everyone said that. are reportedly interested 
in Omar Narvaez as a free agent. It sounds like Wilson Contreras is as good as gone uh, from Chicago, which, you know, fine by me. Um, but, you know, once he goes, other teams are going to be looking at uh, catchers. The, the Cubs are going to be looking at a new veteran catcher that they want to bring in. And Omar Narvaez, it sounds like, is uh, one of the candidates. So, Matt, your thoughts on potentially seeing Omar Narvaez in a Cubs uniform? Um, my my thoughts are thoughts of throwing up. Um, because <laughs> anyone who goes from the Brewers to the Cubs are dead to me until they <laughs> leave the Cubs. They are officially dead to me. Jeremy Jeffress was is one of my favorite all-time Brewers. I loved the guy when he was here. But for a year... He was dead to me. You, you, can't, you just you cannot go to that team. Um, I, really, though, if the Cubs ended up signing Narvaez, if he performed the way he did in two out of the three seasons here, maybe that actually would be helpful for the Brewers <laughs> <laughs> when you think of it that way. Um, but I enjoyed Narvaez. Um, I, I, I liked what he did for us. Um, I liked the attitude he had and kind of like the camaraderie he built with guys like Urias and uh, Damas and Peralta and stuff like that. That was kind of a tight knit group there. Um, and seeing him in a Cubs uniform would just be the worst. I swear to God, if Narvaez goes to Chicago <laughs> and Contreras goes to St. Louis, I'm, I, I, I will lose it. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna lose it. I yeah. I can't deal with that. And it's and too much also to take. Can't deal it with what's that? Is this too much to take? Yes. Um. And I also um. I know you point out in that article that um one of the other uh catchers that it was reported the Cubs have interest in is Christian Vasquez. And if they end up taking that potential Brewers target away, um, that might actually be even more disappointing than if Narvaez were to go there because. I would actually be at least somewhat worried that Vasquez could do some damage. Not that Narvaez couldn't. He's obviously had his uh, seasons. But um, you also mentioned in the article he's turning 31. Um, for a catcher getting that old, not a ton of them end up beating father time and end up still being good um, well into their 30s. Uh, Nobody beats father time, man. Well, eventually everyone loses. Yeah. But yeah, just please don't. It literally, like any of the other 28 teams, okay, not the Cardinals, any of the other 27 teams in the league, I'm fine. You can go to any of those. Just just not the Cubs, please. Just, we, we can't. We can't. Yeah, I mean, he, he really underperformed in Milwaukee, but, you know, him going there, especially with his uh, very – in-depth knowledge of the Brewers pitching staff uh, would also be worrisome to me uh, with him going there, being able to give, being able to give inside scouting reports and, and what he knows about the guys and their tendencies and things like that. Uh, I think that would definitely be disadvantageous uh, to the Brewers to see him go there. And this may, that may be one of the reasons why the Cubs are interested in him, you know, bring him in just to get an, an inner, just to get an, an inner understanding of the Brewers pitching staff and, and potentially how to beat them. Um, so, I mean, that's something that, that they could be interested in for that. Uh, I think it's the reason why, you know, a lot of these guys jump from team to team. I mean, the Brewers got Colton Wong from the Cardinals. Um, you know, I'm sure the Cardinals didn't like that at all. 
And, you know, he, I don't know how much of an inner workings uh, he was able to give them, but still like, it's just seeing them in different uniform and, you know, just kind of the thought of, Hey, I'm going to give my division rivals that we see all the time, just kind of like a a much more in-depth scouting report on, on the team that I was just on. uh, You know, that's something that I find a little bit worrisome. Yeah. That said, uh, Victor Caratini coming to us, who, even though he didn't come straight from the Cubs, played with the Cubs for a while and knew a lot of those pitchers, didn't exactly help us win the season series last year. So, true. you know, it, do, it it only does so much. But you don't want any of those trade secrets ending up in the enemy's hands uh, regardless, especially one that you play as much as someone you do uh, di- uh, division rival. So, no, uh, please, Omar, uh, just accept our plea. Um, I, I hear Florida is nice all times of year. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one of those teams could really use a catcher. Um, Texas is very warm as well. And they have all kinds of teams. Um, yeah. you know, there, California there's some, has a bunch of options. Yep. 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 Uh, way better places than Chicago. Um, you no one, no one wants to live there. Omar, no. just find somewhere else. You don't want to be a fib, Omar. Oh. You don't want to be a fib. No, honestly, actually, if you're going to go there, just go to the south side. Uh, go to, yeah. go to the, the white yeah, side. That, that's fine. South side, m- much better. Yeah. We we got no we got no beef there. Yeah. Well, we used to prior to 1997. Well, sure. Yes. Yeah. But well, not anymore. We, we, we've squashed that beef. Yeah. Uh, ever since uh, I saw Eloy Jimenez uh, tumble into a netting and allow Christian Yelich to have an inside the park home run. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just laugh when I see the white Sox. Um, but also I like a lot of their young players. So I actually kind of yeah. like that team. It's, and now they don't have Tony LaRusso as their manager. So we yes. like them even more. Even it, was, it was very difficult to like them the past two years. Yeah. Um, very, very difficult. Yeah. But, also true. Yeah. So they have moved on, and now they got Pedro Grifal, I believe. But, anyways, th- this is not a White Sox podcast, so I don't really care too much. As long as as long as Tony Larusa is back into retirement where he belongs, um, that is fine by me. All right, we are going to end this podcast before we get even more off the rails here. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back again next week, and we'll have reaction to the tender non-tender decisions and. You know, who knows? Maybe a, a Corbin Burns extension will be snuck in here. Uh, Ooh, who knows? Cool. Yeah. just I'm going to speak it into existence, Matt. Hopefully one day Matt Arnold will listen to me uh, and actually get it done. Actually, I think it has to be Mark Atanasio because he's one who has to cut the check. I, from what, everything Arnold says, he's like, I am like I am more than willing to, to enter into extension talks with these guys. Um, so I think he, he certainly wants to get it done. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of if he has the money to pay them. Uh, the money that they want. So, yep. Mark, if you're listening, open the checkbook. All right? Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for us uh, this week uh, here on the Cobra Podcast. We'll see you again next time uh, for another episode. Until then, thanks for listening to the Cold Brew Podcast.